Section 15 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. The Planting of the First Colonies, 1562 to 1733 by francis whiting halsey section fifteen the swedes and dutch in new jersey and delaware sixteen twenty seven by israel acrelius after that the magnanimous genoese christopher columbus had at the expense of ferdinand king of spain in the year fourteen ninety two discovered the western hemisphere and the illustrious florentine americus vespucius sent out by king emmanuel of portugal in the year fifteen o two to make a further exploration of its coasts had had the good fortune to give the country his name the european powers have from time to time sought to promote their several interests there our Swedes and Goths were the less backward in such expeditions as they had always been the first therein. They had already, in the year 996, after the birth of Christ, visited America, had named it Vinland the Good, and also Skrelling's Land, and had called its inhabitants the Skrellings of Vinland. It is therefore evident that the Northmen had visited some part of North America before the Spaniards and Portuguese went to South America. From that time until 1623, when the West India Company obtained its charter, their trade with the Indians was conducted almost entirely on shipboard, and they made no attempts to build any house or fortress until 1629. Now, whether that was done with or without the permission of England, the town of New Amsterdam was built and fortified, as also the place Orania Orange, now called Albany, having since had three general governors, one after the other. But that was not yet enough. They wished to extend their power to the River Delaware also, and erected on its shores two or three small forts, which were, however, soon after destroyed by the natives of the country. It now came in order for Sweden also to take part in this enterprise. William Usselinx, a Hollander, born at Antwerp in Brabant, presented himself to King Gustav Adolf, and laid before him a proposition for a trading company to be established in Sweden and to extend its operations to Asia africa and magellan's land terra magellanica with the assurance that this would be a great source of revenue to the kingdom full power was given him to carry out this important project and thereupon a contract of trade was drawn up to which the company was to agree and subscribe it Uselinks published explanations of this contract, wherein he also particularly directed attention to the country on the Delaware, its fertility, convenience, and all its imaginable resources. To strengthen the matter, a charter, 
Octroy, was secured for the company, and especially to Usalinx, who was to receive a royalty of one thousandth upon all articles bought or sold by the company. The powerful king, whose zeal for the honor of God was not less ardent than for the welfare of his subjects, availed himself of this opportunity to extend the doctrines of Christ among the heathen, as well as to establish his own power in other parts of the world. To this end he sent forth letters patent, dated at Stockholm on the 2nd of July, 1626, wherein all, both high and low, were invited to contribute something to the company according to their means. The work was completed in the Diet of the following year, 1627, when the estates of the realm gave their assent and confirmed the measure. But when these arrangements were now in full progress and duly provided for, the German war and the king's death occurred, which caused this important work to be laid aside. The trading company was dissolved, its subscriptions nullified, and the whole project seemed about to die with the king. But, just as it appeared to be at its end, it received new life. Another Hollander, by the name of Peter Menu, sometimes called Menuet, made his appearance in Sweden. As a good beginning, the first colony was sent off, and Peter Menu was placed over it, as being best acquainted in those regions. They set sail from Gothborg in a ship of war called the Key of Colmar, followed by a smaller vessel bearing the name of the Bird Griffin, both laden with people, provisions, ammunition, and merchandise suitable for traffic and gifts to the Indians. The ships successfully reached their place of destination. The high expectations which our emigrants had of that new land were well met by the first views which they had of it. They made their first landing on the bay, or entrance, to the river Putaxit, which they called the River of New Sweden, and the place where they landed they called Paradise Point. A purchase of land was immediately made from the Indians and it was determined that all the land on the western side of the river from the point called cape inlopen or hinlopen up to the fall called santican and all the country inland as much as was ceded should belong to the swedish crown for ever posts were driven into the ground as landmarks which were still seen in their places sixty years afterward a deed was drawn up for the land thus purchased. This was written in Dutch because no Swede was yet able to interpret the language of the heathen. The Indians subscribed their hands and marks. The writing was sent home to Sweden to be preserved in the royal archives. Mans Kling was the surveyor. He laid out the land and made a map of the whole river with its tributaries, islands, and points, which is still to be found in the royal archives in Sweden. Their clergyman was Roris Torquillus of East Gothland. The first abode of the newly arrived emigrants was at a place called by the Indians Hopokahaking, 
There, in the year 1638, Peter Menuet built a fortress which he named Fort Christina, after the reigning queen of Sweden. The place, situated upon the west side of the river, was probably chosen so as to be out of the way of the Hollanders, who claimed the eastern side. A measure of prudence, until the arrival of a greater force from Sweden. The fort was built upon an eligible site, not far from the mouth of the creek, so as to secure them in the navigable water of the Maniquas, which was afterward called Christina Kiel, or creek peter menuet made a good beginning for the settlement of the swedish colony in america he guarded his little fort for over three years and the hollanders neither attempted nor were able to overthrow it after some years of faithful service he died at christina in his place followed peter hollander a native swede who did not remain at the head of its affairs more than a year and a half he returned home to Sweden, and was a major at Skepsholm, in Stockholm, in the year 1655. The second emigration took place under Lieutenant Colonel John Prince, who went out with the appointment of Governor of New Sweden. He had a grant of $406 for his traveling expenses, and $1,200 silver as his annual salary. The company was invested with the exclusive privilege of importing tobacco into Sweden, although that article was even then regarded as unnecessary and injurious, although indispensable since the establishment of the bad habit of its use. Upon the same occasion was also sent out Magister John Companius Holm, who was called by their excellencies the royal council and admiral class fleming to become the government chaplain and watch over the swedish congregation the ship on which they sailed was called the fama it went from stockholm to gothborg and there took in its freight along with this went two other ships of the line the swan and the charitas laden with people and other necessaries under governor prince ships came to the colony in three distinct voyages the first ship was the black cat with ammunition and merchandise for the indians next the ship swan on a second voyage with emigrants in the year sixteen forty seven afterward two other ships called the key and the lamp during these times, the clergyman, Mr. Lawrence Charles Lacanius, and Mr. Israel Hogg, were sent out to the colony. The voyage to New Sweden was at that time quite long. The watery way to the west was not yet well discovered, and therefore, for fear of the sandbanks off Newfoundland, they kept their course to the east and south as far as to what were then called the Brazates. The ships, which went under the command of Governor Prince, sailed along the coast of Portugal and down the coast of Africa, until they found the eastern passage, then directly over to America, leaving the Canaries high up to the north. They landed at Antigua, then continued their voyage northward, past Virginia and Maryland, to Cape Hinlopen. 
Yet, in view of the astonishingly long route which they took, the voyage was quick enough in six months' time, from Stockholm on August 16, 1642, to the new fort of Christina in New Sweden on February 15, 1643. The Swedes who emigrated to America belonged partly to a trading company provided with a charter, who, for their services, according to their condition of agreement, were to receive pay and monthly wages. A part of them also went on their own impulse to try their fortune. For these it was free to settle and live in the country as long as they pleased, or to leave it and they were therefore, by way of distinction from the others, called freemen. At first, also, malefactors and vicious people were sent over, who were used as slaves to labor upon the fortifications. They were kept in chains, and not allowed to have intercourse with the other settlers. Moreover, a separate place of abode was assigned to them. The neighboring people and country were dissatisfied that such wretches should come into the colony. It was also, in fact, very objectionable in regard to the heathen, who might be greatly offended by it. Whence it happened that, when such persons came over in Governor Prince's time, it was not permitted that one of them should set foot upon the shore but they had all to be carried back again whereupon a great part of them died during the voyage or perished in some other way afterward it was forbidden at home in sweden under a penalty to take for the american voyage any persons of bad fame nor was there ever any lack of good people for the colony Governor Prince was now in a position to put the government upon a safe footing to maintain the rights of the Swedes and to put down the attempts of the Hollanders. They had lately, before his arrival, patched their little Fort Nassau. On this account he selected the island of Tenekong as his residence, which is sometimes also called Tutianog and Teniko about three Swedish miles from Fort Christina. The convenient situation of the place suggested its selection as also the location of Fort Nassau, which lay some miles over against it, to which he could thus command the passage by water. The new fort, which was erected and provided with considerable armament, was called New Gothburg. His place of residence which he adorned with orchards, gardens, a pleasure-house, etc., he named Prince Hall. A handsome wooden church was also built at the same place, which Magister Companius consecrated, on the last great prayer day, which was celebrated in New Sweden on the 4th of September, 1646. Upon that place also all the most prominent freemen had their residences and plantations. End of section 15